Hello, and welcome to the We Can't Be Bothered to Keep a Regular Schedule podcast. Uh, my name is Alex, and I'm one of your hosts. And my name is Ryan, and a fly has just landed on my forehead, and I am ready to get after it tonight. Is that in reference to a debate, or did a fly actually just land on your forehead? Uh, who's to say? Who's to say? Okay, cool, cool. So if you're listening to this, and you keep up with us regularly, sorry we've been gone. If you're listening to this and you're binging, saw dude. Uh, you just heard from us from like five minutes ago so what's what's gucci uh glad to have you back so soon yeah i was about to say if you if you like keep up with this regularly no you don't because we're not regular so therefore it would be impossible for you to regularly keep up with us i am quite irregular in many senses of the word we should just like drop like 15 episodes on indigenous people's day and just be like just like a surprise new season drop all right let's do it (laughs) and then we'll do we'll do another 15 on columbus day yeah, uh, those are. I, I'm not familiar with that holiday, so I don't know what you're talking about. You're not stoked on Columbus? No, I know about Indigenous Peoples Day. Is that? Do is you, that? Do you do you get the South Park reference at least? <laughs> um, I remember. Was that what like a, they all wanted to go with Columbus for like Halloween? No, Randy was stoked on Colum- or what had been stoked on Columbus, but that was after they did the whole like South Park went woke joke. Mm. And so mm-hmm. he, he was like trying to erase the fact that he was so stoked on Columbus. Oh, okay. and Carvin. Carmen wanted to have Columbus Day off of school, but uh, off of school, but they wouldn't let him. I didn't watch any of the new season. Have you watched any of it? They're, they've only done the pandemic special. I mean, that's like two episodes right there. That's a full ball. It's an hour. hour. Yeah, good. They, they they did a little mini doc on it. Um, it it was really from home. They sent all their animators like these high level computers, brand new to to work on from their home. Dang, everything was done at at home, and that's why that's why they only did an hour. It was great though. It was really funny. Hmm. Satire, I would I would argue, was on point. So. But hey, everybody, how's it how's it going? This is suck my fanfic, and we're stoked on Columbus. B- before we begin, if you like this and you like how irregular we are, we have a Twitter and a Patreon, and those are really the only things that are worth advertising. So follow us on Twitter. Uh, give us as much money as you financially irresponsibly can manage, and subscribe to us everywhere. Smash like, subscribe, and uh, oh, I mean we have YouTube, so yeah, yeah, subscribe to us there too because we have egos that need to be stroked. And am I forgetting something? feel like i am but i don't i don't know if i am oh rate us give us a rating yeah give us that platinum five star good good you know you know you can give us how's this sound give us a five star but then leave just the most cutting scathing review i like that as like long that. And, and i will take it to heart i'll take it personally i will cry but as long as it's five stars if it's one star i'm not reading it i'm not gonna read it but if you really want me to take the criticism if you really want me to feel the pain give me five stars i'll look at it give us some like odd sort of compliment sandwich but it's just mean like just just insults like a backhand and like oh my gosh i love how you guys just like crank up the volume on your microphones because you <laughs> don't think we can hear you shouting like i, I love, love that your gets excited he's as loud as he possibly can be i love how you really think about the listener when you just blow mm. out our eardrums i agrees with that so that's good uh, but sorry, sorry, we've been away. I I have started my second year at school, and it's been very hectic. I was giving Ryan a little rundown because it's been probably what two or three weeks since we got the chat. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been, yeah, a it's been about long. It's been, it sucks, dude. Uh, I finally like permanently moved away from New York, so now Ryan has to come and visit me in Florida. Oh darn! Every oh no, everyone give Ryan a big round of applause. He just got a promotion, so he's been busy with that. We're all very stoked on him for that. Well, my uh, despite thank you, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> you can stop, class. please, please, please stop. That's okay. Um, I went from uh, garbage shoveler to uh, garbage bag holder, so I've uh, leveled up. That's a great, great promotion. 
my biggest accomplishment since we last spoke though was I actually went to the DMV. So I went and I wow. I got done the business that needed to get done. Like that is that is one of my top ten accomplishments. Nice. I, uh, that is that is good to hear. I haven't been to any DMVs and uh, I've been I've been shut in. Uh, not really. I've I don't know. I guess I've been kind of going out. Not really. But whatever. I'm, I'm not in a hot hot spot. You're mm-hmm. you're in an increasing hot spot at the moment. Yeah, there's a bunch of spots flaring up Arlington City, but I, yeah. I specifically drove to a rural subsection of New Jersey to visit <laughs> their DMV. I thought, well, okay, well, this will be good because it's less populated, but I neglected to think that a less populated DMV has less resources and is a smaller facility. So backfired on me in a big way. You mean to tell me that the small town DMV doesn't have all of the places that a DMV <laughs> in New York City would have? Uh, you'd be surprised, um, but no, yeah, no, that's not the case. Wow. I don't believe you, and uh, I'll just let you. Uh, I'll just let you live in that world, but I don't believe you. Yeah, this will all be detailed on our on, our, on my companion daily vlog where I Good. talk about my life. Yeah. Yo, what's up, guys? It's Ryan. This is the vlog. Let's go. <laughs> Today we're going to the DMV. Let's get it. And the first like Let's forty-five minutes of the episode are me like getting a smoothie and like like yeah. talking to my friends yeah. and I'm like, all right, now we're gonna go. Let's get this. It'll no like the, the the title of the video is I went to the DMV and this happened and the thumbnail is like you looking like the scream or like the little kid from Home Alone but then you also went into Photoshop and made your eyes huge and then the DMV is the last two minutes of the forty five minute video and what happened was you got your paperwork done and you went home that's what happened <laughs> exactly that is ex- a pinpoint exact I want to make that dude we should just like we should just all, we should have a contest over the next month where we just like post random stuff to our YouTube I like that. And yeah. whoever has the most random content, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll, whoever gets the most the views one. on the most random thing. Yeah, I'll give you, we'll give the other one like five bucks. Oh, I like that idea. I actually really like yeah. that idea. Maybe we'll do that. Um, also, not. I mean, I know you guys can see me right now. I'm wearing my, my SMFF t-shirt, so I just want to throw that out there. I'm pretty proud of it. Pretty oh, nice. Of it. I just folded mine the other day. I just did a little lounge. No, wow. Look, are you an adult? What is this? Uh, but yes, everybody. Hi. Uh, you've heard our, our good YouTube ideas. If you can't tell, I spend way too much time on the website. I think, I think I just like to described YouTube perfectly, which kind of sucks, but, um, that's what you do. That's what you do when you're a grad student. You just waste a lot of time. So that's what I do. Uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us. I think it's probably the fourth or fifth time I've thanked. So opening topic. Are you ready for this, Ryan? Yeah, let's do it. Actually, you know what? We've never really done anything like, well, I guess we might've done something like this, but I just don't remember. I'm, I, I, I Googled fan fiction and I went to the news section <laughs> on Google. I'm going to give you the first seven articles and we're going to read through it together. No preparation. You ready for this? So we're going to read all seven articles or we're going to like pick No, no, one no. You, you pick. I'm sorry. You pick the one that you want to read. Ah, yes. The, the famous, uh, you know, one of seven, the toss up. Yes, yes. So the first one is The Importance of Fan Fiction by The Nerd Daily. That was the one I chose. And I'm like, you know what? That could be boring. Um, 21 yeah, that don't does sound miss- boring. Yeah, we kind of talk about that every episode. 21 yeah. Don't Miss Umbrella Academy Fan Fiction Stories. Never seen Umbrella Academy, never read it. Probably a bad idea if we do that one. Regressing to my high school self, how six months at home reintroduced me to fan fiction on Under the Button from one week ago. Mm. Um, Showbiz Cheat Sheet did Stephanie Meyer appreciates fan fiction but urges writers to... Can you give me the full headline? Thank you. Oh, they just got the click. It doesn't matter. That's how they got me. Wow. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Urges writers it's a to blank, quote. It's a blank, web, it's a blank website. With <laughs> it is. GIF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the GIF is actually you uh, looking like the kid from Home Alone with your eyes photoshopped. Urges writers to go do something you can claim to quote. That's a, I mean, that's kind of a gnarly quote, honestly, uh, because guess what? Female Danny DeVito did the opposite of that. 
Um, <laughs> how many does that make that? Is that four? Or we have four? That was, God, I'm so yeah, yeah, yeah. about that. This is a fourth Four. One. Rodham is a strange piece of AU fan fiction turned political novel. I know a little bit about that novel. I can sort of talk about it from the Mary Sue. Four Ooh. movies that were originally fan fiction because Wattpad. Um, that's mm-hmm. also showbiz cheat sheet. They're just going to get me to click on their website again. You're welcome for the clicks. Uh, good thing I have an ad blocker turned on. Uh, four movies that, that were originally fan fiction because Wattpad can be quite influential. And then this is the last one, right? Yep. Does This is showbiz cheat sheet. They really get me. Uh, yeah. Does Harry Styles have a restraining order against the author of Anna Todd? Uh, against the author of After, Anna Todd has tried to distance the narrative from the singer. That's the name of the entire article. Uh, way to make that the longest title physically possible. So what do you want to what do you want to hear? They like buried the lead in the title. Like that's how yeah, they bad. really okay. did. They really um, did. I don't know anything about this Rodham, and you say you seem you might know something about it. Now it's like a I know a bit. I, I know a bit. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I was tossed up between that and how being at home for six months helped me rediscover fan fiction. I like both of those. I mean, you know what? Let's talk about one. If we feel like we didn't spend too much time on it, we'll go on the other. How does that feel? Okay, let's start out with the Rodham one. That one really. Well, yeah, I, I already have that one pulling up. I already have that one loading. So it's on the Mary and this Sue. Is from, so we, this is from. Oh, this is not Hollywood cheat sheet. No, this is this is the Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows our, how much we love the Mary Sue. I don't know. I feel I feel like Hollywood cheat sheet is like you know where the hot goss is for all of the fan fiction. Yes. yes, absolutely. And it's written by Princess Weeks. So if that just tells you the the quality that we're going to get from this article, Princess really Weeks wait. is our editor in chief. Yep, <laughs> Rodham is a strange piece of AU fanfiction turned political novel. Curtis Sidenfeld is an author I have enjoyed for years and still enjoy. So when I heard about Rodham, her alternate history political novel about the life of Hillary Clinton, I knew that despite my issues with the entire concept, I had to read this book. And boy, it sure is fanfiction. The cover is yellow, and it has a picture of a young Hillary Clinton um, with Rodham in white letters uh, vertical. Um, So if you go to the bookstore... And you see it. Congratulations. You just saw Rodham. Rodham is based around the concept of, quote, what would be the trajectory of Hillary Clinton's life uh, be if she had never mil- married Bill Clinton? Part one of the book deals with their romance, complete with some sex scenes. It's not as hot as when Bill does Spongebob. Are, that will make you cringe. Are you serious? Wait, this is a yeah, real book? I just pulled this is a real, it this, Are you serious? This is this is a real book. I, I promise you. Um, I, I, like I said, I can speak on this a little bit. Nothing as bad as some of the fake scenes that have been floating around. But at one point, he says that she has a delicious honey pot, and I had to step away from my Kindle. Where Sinfeld is reverent of Hillary Clinton, portraying her as a smart, capable, if out of touch and sometimes too privileged white lady, she is much more critical of Bill Clinton. Bill does get to be seen as handsome, intelligent, and charismatic, but is also a hypersexual manchild who is chronically unfaithful and a rapist. How is that fiction? <laughs> What are you talking? That's not fan fiction. That's true. Well, he leaves a lasting mark. Them, so. That's true. He leaves a lasting mark on Hillary's life, but we see that in the mind of Sinfeld, the key to Bill's success is his wife. Okay, as someone who voted for Hillary in 2016 and thinks she is highly intelligent but has serious issues with some of her politics, the biggest thing I felt while reading Rodham was his sense of disconnect about what a Hillary Clinton victory means for women. Quote women. What? What? Do, why are you? Why is that word in quotes? Whatever. Bill Clinton may be baggage on his wife, women, but he is the baggage she claims. So-called on women. women. <laughs> okay. Bill Clinton may be baggage on his wife, but he is the baggage she claimed. Is this like the conspiracy that Michelle Obama is a man, but just for Hillary? Like, okay. Have you heard that? That nonsense? The initial, I'm sorry, I'm reading a separate interview review of oh, this. Oh, please do. This please is, do. This is so great. It says she yeah. makes other moral compromises. Donald Trump appears, appears in this novel. Oh, no, no. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Oh, my God. That's, that's, at, the end, that's, that's at the end of the novel. End of the novel. Bill um, plays the saxophone naked. What? Yes, yes. So removing Bill from Hillary's life when they are still together, still a, quote, power couple, and she has stood by him after sexual assault allegations, removes part of who she is. 
that's her man of 45 years whatever massive faults is in his character she has chosen to stand by him um for the uh in the face of massive public scrutiny part of um i'm trying to get to the the that part uh when discussing the book with my brother we both asked ourselves what is this obsession with hillary clinton from the right who loathe her more than they hate racist pedophiles and habitually incompetent and the habitually incompetent um I mean, that's just a stupid thing to say, but to the white women of the Democratic left who are obsessed with her as a figure of feminism, taking it to its final form. But that is an oversimplification of a lot of things. So this article doesn't even get into that part you're trying to talk about, which is fine. That's the other, this is, I, I jumped ahead a bunch. That's the other thing. They still have, they are still alive, married, and probably still having sex. I doubt that. I don't want to read scenes of Bill fingering Hillary Clinton in a car. I'm a good taxpaying citizen. I don't deserve this. Ron has been picked up and is in development by Fox 21 Television Studios and Charlotte-based Littlefield Company. So we will have we will all have this Billary AU effing on our television someday soon. Dry heaves in bold. That's what this author wrote. You know what? You're pretty good, Princess Weeks. Maybe one day we can do one of these AUs that depicts a world where progress happens, not just for white cis women, but for all women. Reconstruction without all the BS acquiescence to the South. Surely Chisholm becomes president in 72 instead of Nixon. We didn't invade Iraq. Just fun little things like that. Okay, well, you went right back where I thought you were going to go, the Mary Sue. I don't agree with, uh, don't disagree that we would be, we would most likely be in a different place under a Clinton presidency, but this book can't erase the fact that the structures that kept Clinton out of office are bigger than just her choice of partner. Okay. Uh, so that's the Mary Sue article. Yeah, so I, I'm sorry I caught you off early. I thought they were going to get to it. So yes, uh, at, towards the end of the book, she be, she befriends Donald Trump. And he actually helps bankroll her campaign, and then she becomes president. And that's like the end of the book. What? That's so crazy. Yeah. So he doesn't what? based he doesn't on what? Just crooked. based on like the just on the like ooh bats eyelashes at reader. Like mm, what? What do you think about that? I mean, that's yeah. That's pretty much all it is. It's like the the one that we we talked about where Joe Biden and Obama are detectives or something, and that's like the whole book. Like it's just it's just one of those. It's just I think it's weird. I I think it's creepy. It's just strange. It's I, I agree. What is the obsession with her to like? you know what i'm now i feel bad apparently princess is her real name i thought that was just like a pseudonym yeah it's um it doesn't look no 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 wait no wait megan fox truther i'm reading the little assistant editor bio at the bottom if that is your real name i'm sorry for belittling it didn't mean to if it's not then it's a pseudonym and i can belittle it but i feel bad if it is her real name and i don't mean to to be rude about that but anyways uh, someone, I'm reading some of the comments. Seems like it could be subtitled as 50 Light Gray Shades of Hillary. Uh, oh, it's going to be on Hulu. It's going to be on Hulu. Oh, that's disgusting. Gets a show order. The show order is on Hulu? Yeah, who's who's going to who's gonna be cast? I'm going to open up. You keep going. I'm going to open up. Who's going to get cast in this? Quote, the white women of the Democratic left who are obsessed with her as a figure of feminism taken to its final form, end quote, a.k.a. the core audience of the Mary Sue and most of its bloggers. That's pretty funny. Dang, got him. Someone said, I read, I read Sittenfeld's American Wife, the fanfic Laura Bush tell-all, and the whole thing just made me feel gross. I do not get the appeal of her books. Yeah, so the thing is, it's not just a fetishization of um, Hillary Clinton, because that's essentially what it is, um, based solely on the fact that the author is a Democrat and also likes Hillary. They do, uh, this This author is known for writing like alternative history books with other presidential first ladies. She has one about Laura Bush. I think she has one about Nancy Reagan. So it's like, a, it's a, it's her thing. And the books oh, sell okay. really well. Okay, I thought this was just like a out of the total blue. So this person has an M.O. Oh, American yes. Wife. Is that the one you're... I see that one. That's the Laura Bush one, yeah. And like I said, I think there might be one about Nancy Reagan. Um, but a person that I know who uh, has a history in publishing uh, had to read the book a few uh, weeks before it came out to do a little work on it. And so I was, mm -hmm. I was being given the deets before it came out, and I was like, that is an utterly ridiculous uh, premise in all forms. But here we are. That's Rodden, Rodham. 
uh, was it everything you wanted and more? What do you What do you think? Was it worth it? Hmm. Um, I mean, I learned something that I didn't know. That that's that's certainly worth it. I I mean, every day that you do that, that's a good day. Is it? I mean, it depends on what you learn, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, now you learned you didn't want to learn about Rodham. Yeah, but now I've like forgotten my mother's birthday. Like, I so everything has to be replaced by something, as you know. Yeah, for sure. It's like a, that episode of SpongeBob with the the files. Oh yeah, yeah. We throw out the name, 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 name. We got Rodham. name, name. What's our name? What's the name? Yeah, but now so, I know that Rodham exists. Yeah, and so there is a, a naked. I mean, well, there you go. There's somebody who's literally just like, yeah. I write fan fiction, but I have a fancy book deal, so it gets yeah. to make me money. So screw you. I mean, the the best part about that book is that um, hopefully Bill Clinton never sh- sh- stuffed a lit cigar in the place he shouldn't have. Curtis. So the the author is uh, appears to be presenting as female. I'm looking at her pronouns. It is she. I believe her. she is a female. I believe she's. But her a name female. is Kurt. Her name is Curtis. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just pass over that. I'm not gonna comment on that. I mean, I um, was I already probably very incorrectly made fun of someone's name, so we probably should go over that. Okay. Just, just, well, there the author's that. name is Princess Curtis. And Prince, the author's name is Arc Duchess Curtis. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what the reaction is to that other than um, to know that existed. Yikes. Yeah, so here we are. I mean, there's there's this fun fan fiction. So go to the, if you like Hillary Clinton a lot for some reason, I mean, good for you. Different strokes, different folks, that's fine. And you are like, oh my God, I just can't get enough of Hill Dog. Um, <laughs> I need uh, a book about her. So go find Rodham and go read it, I guess. So why um, in the different. world would you read just uh what happens if hillary clinton doesn't marry bill clinton when instead you could go on that you, you, i'm just saying instead you could go on like archive of our own and read the world of my hero <laughs> academia yeah 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 if she that like just somehow sounds... was teleported into teletubbies yeah i don't need to read about the the 2000 yeah. john mccain like presidential like inauguration i don't need to hear that nonsense i i want to i want to hear about i want to hear about hillary rodham climbing into a gundam and doing some battle I well, how do we know that's not real? Can we can uh, we find that? Like, if I'm gonna go escapist, because this is like liberal escapism for better. Or yeah, for it's worse. liberal escapism. It, it is. I mean, that, I didn't. Uh, you put the perfect word on that. That's a or term. It, that's if exactly I'm gonna, if I'm gonna go for escapism, like I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into the the, the shallow end of the pool, so to speak. I'm gonna dive in. Yeah, it's either gonna be Joe Biden and, and Barack Obama action heroes, or uh, like you know, you know. Michael Dukakis in yeah, yeah, yeah. the Batman yeah. universe. Like, that's I, what I, I want. I'm not going to go so close to reality. I'm just going to make it so far from reality. Like, I, I very Because I'll have a better it. time. I'll have a better, I'll have a much better time. Exactly. So that was quick. This is, this is even quicker. This is from Under the Button, Penn's only intentionally satirical publication. So maybe this is a joke, which, which should be really cool. I would like that. So it's from UPenn, it looks like. Regressing to my high school self, how six months at home reintroduced me to fan fiction. If this is satire, why did Google list it as news? And what does that say about all the other news <laughs> sites that it lists as news? Google. Um, that's that's so, newsworthy right there. I believe so. We just broke it wide open. By Alicia Lopez. Yeah, sure. That's your real name. Okay. I've always loved reading and writing. When I was five, I wanted to read every book in the library. At the age of seven, I only responded to Sylvia, as in Sylvia Plath, or Virginia, like Virginia Woolf, to of my literary idols. At 13, six of seven report cards described me as an avid reader. Naturally... Once I got to Penn, I chose to major in English. Since coming just home a quick in March, aside, a quick yep. aside, you know, you know how like on the report cards they could put like teachers could put like numbers to yeah. signify like participates in class or like ooh talks yeah. too much. <laughs> My friend, even through like his senior year high school like card, would always like get like in pencil and write like seven flyest kid in school and be like, hey, look what look what the <laughs> teacher, look what my teacher put like 
dope. Like nine, super dope. I like, like that. Yeah, Miss Stevenson thinks I'm dope. Your mom, like, I don't know if you know this, but Miss Stevenson kind of thinks I'm pretty fly. So <laughs> that's really funny. Since coming home in March, I've spent much of my free time reading and writing. Sure, I write some of my own poetry and short stories, and of course, I read high literary art, including the likes of Joyce, Faulkner, and Marlowe. Sometimes, however, after a long day of scholarly pursuits, I find myself indulging in my high school guilty pleasure, fan fiction. Fan fiction was my high school passion. I loved reading and writing it. I loved my adoring fans, fan, but it's it's uh, fans, but with the S in parentheses, which is pretty funny, <laughs> who praise my writing. I like that, self, that self-aware touch. Now, I've found that fanfiction gives me a way to escape my childhood bedroom and enter the smut-filled rooms of fictional characters. While it's a little embarrassing, I always open an incognito browser so that AO3 doesn't come up in my search history, I can tell it's making me a better writer. I've been bored in quarantine, so at this point, I've read the majority of John Locke stories, rated T and up, every uh, every story with the 13th Doctor, all three Harriet the Spy fanfics, and I dabble in Perkabeth fix? Mmm, don't know what that is. Uh, do do some fan, some fact-checking while I'm reading this. I'm when I'm it. feeling nostalgic, I go through Harry Potter and see if there's anything I haven't read. But I don't just read. Currently, I'm working on a cask of Amontadillo, Mrs. Dalloway crossover where Septimus Severus replaces Fortunato. It's really intense. I don't know what any of those words mean. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Say, say that again. Currently, I'm working on a cask of Amonta, Amontillado, oh, a Mrs. Cask Dalloway. Of I don't know what that is. That's um, that's a uh, Edgar Allan Poe story. Oh, is that the the first ever mystery novel with the, like the the sequential where they like break down like they gather everyone in their room and they're like this is you're the um I deduce that you're the one who who committed the crime Edgar Allan Poe is the first person to write a mystery novel like that. Oh, that sounds sick. I don't think that's it. This is like a guy who knows that uh, there's a guy named like Fortunato or whatever, mm-hmm. and he knows that he like killed his wife or slighted him somehow. So he, but he doesn't know. It. It's kind of like Count of Monte Cristo, and he like leads him into this like dungeon, and then like slowly builds a wall and like suffocates him. Like Lars oh, okay, him. I have heard of that story. I did not know that's what it was called. I guess it's yep. what the cask is. Um, while fan fiction is always fun, I'm sad to admit that my former hobby is becoming more of an obsession. Lately, I've been having trouble concentrating on my classes and find myself scribbling my fantasized conversations between Hamlet and Ophelia or different pilgrims in the Canterbury Tales in the margins of my readings. Not that I mind, of course. I think I'm really making progress. Professors, if you see me writing something off camera, please don't interrupt me. I'm busy writing the next great American novel. Which, as we've established, you could get it, you could get it published. So, yeah, maybe yeah. they actually are writing this. Uh, did they say uh, fantasized conversations about Hamlet and Ophelia, between Hamlet and Ophelia? We should send this person the... Uh... The yeah, super dope. The Ophelia problem. We should send him that one, dude. Honestly, you know, I was thinking about it the other day because, um, like we like we joked in the beginning, we haven't really been putting that much stuff out. So I was just kind of looking through our catalog the other day, and the audio for that one is not as good as it should have been because we had a little bit of difficulties. But I really like that episode. Not to like toot our own horn, but like for some reason, I really enjoy the whole like the whole reasoning behind her being pregnant and the fan fiction that went along with it. I really liked that. So I just I, just I think wanted, we had some good insights too. I think we yeah. may have been the best part of that episode. I agree with you. So if, if normally you I am this, a big fan of the silence in between when we speak. Yeah. But yeah. In that instance, I think we were the highlight. Yeah. I agree. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that episode yet, I recommend it. I um, honestly, I feel like that's one of the most like potentially uh, intellectually rigorous conversations we've had because normally it's about Bill Clinton and SpongeBob. But I don't know. I just I felt like that was a good one. So I just I just want to throw it in there. That was it's good that you pointed that out because I, I did really like that episode. I um. I like. I think I like that. I like that article uh, quite a bit. And like you said, it sounded uh, it sounded well written. Obviously, this person went to U Penn yeah. or goes. It's going to U Penn. Yeah, goes to U Penn and uh, and uh, is an English major. So I should hope. I should hope that uh, that that's the case. Yeah. I just want to point out Perkabeth. Perkabeth might be Percibeth because it is the it's Percibeth, ship okay. between Percy Jackson and like I guess Annabeth. Annabeth. Yes. Yes. From... I. You never read those. 
I read like the first three. I guess yeah, they were really the, good. Yeah, those were good. Those were good. Not yeah. nearly as good as the movies, which were just absolutely cinematic accomplishments. Uh, I did not see the second one, but I'll agree about the first. <laughs> second one, I can only hear you know say what I've heard, which is that it was phenomenal. But the first one, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but this also could be you know we're talking about like, the next generation of writers, like who's going to be writing the next great American novel. A lot of these people grew up on fan fiction. I think it's like people yeah. who are generally bookish or well read or yeah, you know. Um, at least in the literature have in their childhood dabbled in fan fiction because it's like, that's like a very exciting idea, right? Is that like, there's all these creators out there. Yeah. It's not just Faulkner and, uh, whatever the other people that they mentioned, it's just anybody can get out there and write. So I think, I think that fan fiction is like a very, as we've said before, is like a very, uh, formative, uh, exposure for, for the next wave of creators. Yeah, yeah, and also, I mean, let's let's talk about Persebeth or Perkabeth, as I so intelligent. Perkabeth, Molly, Perk, Perkabeth. yo, Perkabeth. <laughs> I was gonna do the same thing. Um, I mean, just start playing that song. Here. Can you edit that song? We'll, we'll get crushed with royalties, but can you just play that oh, song God. underneath that this discussion? Uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how much time I want to put into editing that into it. I want but, Future to actually sue this. I want to go to court against Future. I would love that. That would be awesome. But be great, Mr. Riordan, be great, be great publishing. Go ahead. It would. Mr. Jordan. Publicity. Used, what did I say? Did I say publishing? It would be great. You said it publishing. Would be great, it would be great publicity. Publicity. Sorry. Mr. Jordan, you do, like, I mean, you kind of use just, like, the Greek Parthenon and then the Roman Parthenon and then the Egyptian Parthenon, and I think he's onto another Parthenon of God. So, like, or Pantheon. Look at us, dude. What is us with these? What's up with us in these P words today? <laughs> I kept saying Parthenon. Pantheon. All the all the different Pantheon oh, yeah. of gods. We've got princess on the brain. What can we say? We do. We really do. Uh, but, all. I mean... I know we've said this a hundred times, but that's just fan fiction. Like, oh, what if, what if, what if uh, uh, Poseidon had a kid and he was also like doing Greek stuff? Like, that's just, I mean, that is fan fiction. So, uh, to to mention that is interesting because doesn't hear Stephanie Meyer. Uh, if I want to write about a wolf having weird feelings for a baby who ages too quickly, I'm going to write about it. Yeah. That happens in Twilight. And, I don't, and I don't you know. Can't, and you can't that. stop me. You absolutely can't stop me. No, you literally cannot. So, unless you're in China and then you can be stopped, then it's okay. Yeah, you'll perma ban, perma ban from life. Perma, yeah, you, you can be un, uh, unalived if you do mm. that, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Do it the wrong way, at least. Have we mentioned that the president of China looks like Pooh Bear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in one of our China episodes. Was Okay, okay. I just want to throw that out there. Just want to make sure everybody knew that um, Xi Jinping looks like Pooh Bear, but it's okay. Uh, well, sick. So that's uh, that's our opening topics. We did two. I also looked it up. Uh, Harry Styles doesn't have a, a restraining order against Anna Todd. I know you were like sitting on the edge of your seat to get that answer. Okay. Well, you probably have the inside scoop. So I, I, I just assumed you would have told me if that was the case. Honestly, I probably I, I I don't know why I do keep up with that stuff, but I do. So I probably would have told you had that been the case. Mm-hmm. So here I am mocking it, but this is my life. I've built this uh, this cask for myself. <laughs> you have you fortunato have built this wall yourself yeah. i am merely I, the hands of fate acting upon your own will brick by brick minute by minute wasted on stupid websites uh when <laughs> i could be doing much more important things yeah so let's let's go on to the the fanfic this week uh what what's up on the what's on the docket what do we have coming up so um normally and by normally i mean every single time we uh do a stoked 
on for at the end of episode. You agree? Yes? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I think we started that around episode five or seven, but yeah, we've we've done that consistently since. So I have I have like a I have like a I was like, what am I stoked on going to be? That's why I start. As you know, mm-hmm. I'm an expert on stoked on. So I was like, where? Yeah. Every episode, I prep my stoked on first. Very well thought out that section for you. <laughs> yes. So I was like, this week I have two stokes. One of them is silly but serious, and the other one is kind of more important. So I'm going to save the more important one for later. But I decided to pick my fic based on what I've been stoked on because my life has been a blur of work and nonsense. Okay. That's like three weeks. But I have found solace in on in YouTube videos of the World Championship series of Classic Tetris. Okay, I've I've actually I've, seen some of those videos. I've seen some of the the comps. Classic Tetris World Tournament, I believe, is and uh, the doings of like Jonas, seven time world champion, and the the newcomer Joseph, who was a two time champion in nineteen twenty. I am addicted. Go on. Go on YouTube, watch Tetris World Championships, classic mm-hmm. Tetris, and just freaking have a day. Like it's so entertaining. It's it's more entertaining than like basketball, like hands down. Yeah, so I think I think everybody knows what Tetris is. Uh, they've released that game like eight hundred times on like every mm-hmm. possible platform and with every pro- possible IP. But, it's like the Christmas Carol of video games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But for the people that don't know, what 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 makes it classic? What are we doing with that? Like, what is the the idea? Uh, well, it's classic in that it's like the first um, version, the first iteration of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the game. I, this was what, 1989, 1985? It's an older game for sure. It's one of those. Let me pull it up real quick. So it's yeah, 1989 Nintendo Entertainment System version. Yeah. Um, so it's for the NES. And it's uh, and also like as part of this competition, they play it on old like like cathode ray tube TVs. Yes. Yeah. Like it's not digital. Yup, and they play with the old, um, the old like suit, like Nintendo Entertainment System uh, controllers, and um, they both have like the same RNG random number generated like pieces. So it's just purely skill, like who can do better with the pieces given to them, and it's yes. just so mesmerizing. Like it's such like people at the height of their craft, and yep. it's fast paced, and you can just watch it and literally shut your brain off and just be like, huh, I like this, and just like freaking I- get into it. It's not based the bet- on the number of um, Tetrisi or Tetrises you get. It's based on your score, too. That's how they determine who is first. Right. And I was like, there's a guy who was, his name is Jonas, who's a seven-time champion. And I was like, this guy must have, like, found a new meta, right? This guy, like, he is, like, the Steph Curry who just, like, no, I'm going to shoot threes yeah. all over the court. Like, I'm going to change the way the game is perceived. And then I found out that he actually did, like, kind of break the game in that they, it was originally, like, clearing lines, clearing lines. But he was like, it's more important to get as many Tetrises, which is using a straight line vertically to get, you know, four lines cleared. Because they get like you the most your, points. Yeah, that's your maximum theoretical, yeah. like, gain. So it's like, it is it is worth the time investment and, you know, potential, the danger of just building that up and getting as many consecutive in a row as possible. Which led to the announcers, and like any good sporting event, any esport, there are announcers Every time someone gets Tetris, every time, which is like a million times a match, and there's like best two out of three. But every time yeah. someone gets a Tetris, the announcers go, boom, Tetris four, and they say the guy's name. So they'll be like, boom, Tetris for Jonas, blah, 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 boom, Tetris for Joseph, boom. And I just love, I just love that. Like there's shirts that say boom, Tetris for, and like you get your name put in there. Yeah. Um, but it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So I picked a Tetris fan fiction for this week. I'm interested. So do you want to hear 
the interesting bit that I have to speak about Tetris, something that um, I don't want to say has directly affected my life, but I would say at least indirectly or um, tertiarily has affected my life. I mean, if I said no, if I said no, it wouldn't be a podcast. Um, did you wait real quick? That is did true. Did you? Did you? There was a Tetris like documentary on Netflix. Did you tell me about this? Uh, no, I did not. What's tell me about that before we get into my thing? Uh, I I just I'd seen it. I, I didn't I didn't actually watch it. I was, mm-hmm. I was just trying to see if that was something you told me about. But no. Yeah. So, an individual that I knew in college told me that uh, she knew. Someone on her floor in her dorm, so this is, this person went to UF, unfortunately, uh, was in love with Tetris. And I was like, that's not a really funny joke. I don't really get the punchline. She's like, there's no punchline. This girl's in love with Tetris. And I was like, is there an, uh, someone on your floor named Tetris? She's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, it's a, it's a good game, I guess. She's like, no, I don't mean it's a good game in love with it. I mean, like romantically in love with tetris and i was like uh that doesn't sound right so if you actually go on youtube and you look up the video i'll put it on our twitter and people won't know what it is um meet the woman who married tetris it's on the uh, it's for i wonder tv which they're somehow verified um and in the the watermark says the wizard of odd and it is a 13 minute video about this individual um her name is fractal um, at least that's what she goes by. I think she has a, um, I think this time she really does have a, um, a birth certificate name. I guess I can't say God given name or Christian name, but she has a birth certificate name, but she goes by Fractal Tetris Hurricane. And, um, the video is very interesting. Uh, I, I recommend watching that if you'd like, but I just didn't believe that this was a real person. And then she ended up being real. It's a, it's a real individual. The, 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 um, video has her saying her vows with Tetris on the beach and she does vr like tetris. A game boy version of the game or like what like what yeah yeah and she How has like little tetris um, represented at this is this consensual can tetris consent to anything i don't know if tetris can consent um but they like the individual I, I i'm saying she i think at some point she started going by they but i'm gonna say she just for um that's how i was told about Fractal. excuse me she started going by tay she she started going by t Says she's in love. So here's like a, a um, I have an article pulled up for Inside uh, Edition. This is from 2018. I do plan on unofficially marrying Tetra, she said. Obviously, I can't actually marry an object, but it is possible to have a commitment to ceremony. Huracan explained that she identifies as objectum sexual and has had an attraction to inanimate objects for years. When I was a kid, I was first attracted to monorails and I don't know, iPods, treadmills, she said. I would have these dreams about them in my mind and I was like really shy around them. Her relationship with Tetris began shortly after her mom bought her a calculator at 16 years old. She said she fell in love with the calculator, which she named after mathematician Pierre de Fermat because of her love for math and geometry and even took the tool to prom. Hurricane fell in love with Tetris nearly two years ago after playing the game on the computer, her phone, and Game Boy. She spends up to 12 hours a day playing Tetris. I like to give him a personality, she explained. I love him a lot. Tetris is a boy. Okay, so we know that. Her relationship with Tetris is also physical, she said, and she will often sleep with Tetris-themed cushions and hard drives. She also wears Tetris necklaces and t-shirts and has a Tetris-shaped lamp around her home. She also affectionately sings Johnny Cash's You Are My Sunshine to her game, according to a video by Cater's News. While many family members claim she has autism or Asperger's, Hurricane said she doesn't see the problem with her relationship with Tetris as long as it isn't hurting anyone. Uh, and then it goes on to explain what the objectum sexual is in that um, article. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, I, uh, you know, what is it? A one degree of separation, two degree of separation. Know someone who married uh, Tetris. So you have this very interesting video to um, our fanfic to tell us. And 
I just wanted to uh, make sure everyone knew that uh, indirectly uh, you all know someone who married the game Tetris. Wow. And she went to UF. They went to UF. <sighs> Unfortunately, the, 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 the article called her she. So I was going to say she. But she went to UF. And um, I think she graduated. I really don't have any idea. And apparently she used to walk around with her calculator. And she would tell people, like, don't tell Tetris that I'm with my calculator. Because she also was attracted to her calculator. Oh, man. Yeah, I was about to say, like, she found Tetris through her calculator. So, like, the calculator was, like, you know, a fling. And then Tetris was, like, the much hotter friend who just, like, snapped her up. Yeah. I just, I like the idea. Like, look, if you want to be into objects, fine. I think I'm allowed to have comments about said things. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're entitled to say whatever you want. Yeah, so look, if you're really going to be upset about me saying something disparaging about this situation, uh, really sorry that it upsets you. But like, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> Please, come on! Just come on! Like, imagine <laughs> you know the way that you felt when you were like 16 and you're around a person that you liked and you're like all nervous. You're like, oh my god, I wish they liked me back. Like, what are they posting online? And like, like, oh, are they talking about me? Like. Imagine just like walking past like a treadmill and just like blushing and be like, oh my God, you're so crazy. You just run me around sometimes. <laughs> like what on the face of the earth is going on uh, with all of this? Uh, I really do recommend. I, I just I just tweeted it. So um, meet the woman who married Tetris. Ryan, I suggest you watching it at some point um, since you're a big fan of this uh, Tetris classic. So I'll stop talking about this and you read the fiction. I just want to say, that's funny you say that, because there was, like, a couple fan fictions that were about, like, a person falling in love with Tetris. And I was like, that's a little far-fetched. That's that's a little unbelievable for fan fiction. Let me skip that one. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy, the funny thing is when, in the video, it's from 2020, not 2018, she does get married to Tetris, and she's wearing a Tetris suit. And I, just the comments on YouTube are really funny. I have a feeling she's just playing him. Imagine seeing your bridegroom <laughs> for the first time, and they walk out with a dress or suit that has your face all over it. She's not even good at Tetris, said somebody, which is really funny. Kids, if you love Blink so much, why don't you marry it? Her. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, this whole video is her bragging about her exes. That's hilarious. Uh, and I think she's starting to, like, cheat on Tetris with Beat Saber or something like that, so. Oh, Beat uh, Saber? I mean, Beat Saber's like the young guy at the bar with, like, a really long white t-shirt down his knees. For like, sure. Beat Saber's just a fad. Yeah, no way. Stay- Tetris is just solid. Yeah, yeah, no, Tetris is, is there for you, and it might not be the most technically impressive partner please, in the please, world. Please, please, Tetris, Tetrisly, Tetrisly. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, Tetris is going to be there for hours of entertainment and pleasure, and like I said, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the most impressive, but it's going to be solid, it's going to be reliable, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, the, Tetris isn't the type of thing that you'd marry, um, yeah, it's not the type of thing you'd, you'd really pursue in your early 20s, it's when you're really looking to settle down, you would, you would really start to look more into Tetris, but... Right. Um, it's Russian. I'm, it's Russian too. So yeah, it's an immigrant. I mean, you're, so you're, I mean, brownie point. You're mid late seventies. If you become the president of the United States, you're looking to settle down. You know, maybe you're looking yeah. for something Russian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone said I play with your man constantly. Hey, 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 chill out with that. Um, <laughs> also, um, I just want to say, so she plays for twelve hours a day. Uh, I have never seen her in any of these uh, tournaments. So it just goes to show that these people have an actual God given talent. Um, yeah certificate given talent sorry um and they are you know elite you know you can't just pick this up and go it's very entertaining 
Well, a lot of people point out that she's not even good at it, that she's just like actually kind of bad. And okay, so this is the last thing we'll say about it. And this is us being like super critical for no reason. You think she's making it up or you think she's like actually attracted to Tetris, like sexually or romantically speaking? Honestly. Is this just her trying to get attention? What do you think? There are better ways to get attention. Uh, That's true. Really weird and specific way to do it. So no, it seems pretty, pretty earnest to me. So you think this is, so normally I believe that, but there was a kid that I went to high school with. He used to walk around talking into a banana, like it was a phone and everyone would be like, well, that guy's really weird. And then one day I was like, well, I don't want you to shoot me when you shoot up to school. So I was like, Hey, real quick, what's going on? Um, this is not me judging you. What's up with the banana thing? And he started laughing. He's like, Oh dude, isn't it hilarious? And I'm like, I mean, everybody laughs at you. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Isn't it hilarious? She's like, dude, I'm the legend of the banana phone. And years from now, you won't remember much about this place, but you'll remember the legend of the banana phone. And, uh, you know, this many years later, here I am telling you about this. So jokes on me. Checkmate me liberal. Like yeah, he was guess, right. Yeah. You got so do you I mean, that person's name. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> so here's my point. Well, yeah, I didn't want to get, like I said, I didn't want to be the person who got shot at school. Is this person just trying to be the legend of uh, Mrs. Tetris? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I guess that's for smarter minds than mine to figure out. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like uh, no one has this level of commitment to a bit. I don't think anybody, I think talking into a banana phone is is much lower effort than actually uh, going through the lengths of joining a yeah. civil union with a video game. That's some serious commitment. I mean, she's more committed to Tetris than some of my friends are to their girlfriends. And I mean, yeah, I guess it'd be a pretty serious goof. So, yeah. All right. All right. So what's the fic? Commitment. Okay. The fic is called the player and the board. Um, and in this world, player and board are capitalized. They're proper nouns. Um, the synopsis is every young block waited for the fall. Fall is also capitalized where they had the chance to be swept away by the player and reach happiness. But what happens after that? Young Square wondered, but he didn't want to find out like this. This is a oh, drama God. horror fic. Oh, Jesus. Um, all right, so you ready? Let's do it. It was well known among the Tetrinos that when their time came to take the fall, they would have to put their faith in the player and hope that they would reach the wonderful oblivion in one piece. Or four, but anything was better than being the lonely last piece, waiting alone for the player's guidance. Even remaining on the board for all eternity was better than the waiting. So many stayed there, forever locked in place. At least they had each other, Square reasoned. The player was about to release him, and he closed his mind to the fear. Fear is the mind killer. And was edging at the the back of his thoughts. No one had ever come back from this place, never returned to above the floor, except for the occasional dead one. They were quickly put back to rest, though, and Square had not seen one in his short life. He knew only that if a dead one showed its face, the rest were doomed. The falling would stop, and then they would wait in darkness, hoping for another opportunity. Square saw the end coming up to meet him, and he hoped harder than he had ever hoped that the player was wise and would deem him worthy. Behind him in line, Line shook silently. He was practically royalty, but despite his perfect linear shape, he was possibly more terrified than Square. I love how in this universe the line is like, look, this line is royalty. Get a load of this line. Um, It'll be okay, Square said cheerily. You have nothing to worry about. We've been waiting for this our whole lives, right? Yeah, Lion replied, looking abashed. I guess you're right. You're always so solid, Square. Why aren't you as nervous as I am? 
looking as that tall figure square side, wondering why he had not been taken yet. I know you'll come down right after me, Square said, with as much a smile as he could muster. Just then, the ground beneath him shifted, and he was floating. He could see nothing in front or behind him, only a solid wall. Up was a solid wall as well, but down he could see the tops of his brethren. It looked too close, and he narrowed his eyes as he was placed solidly between two tall walls. Bad strategy, he noted, looking around. He sent his awareness through the now-connected mass, seeing that there were empty spaces where no one had managed yet to enter. Was this reaching the end of this version of the player? It couldn't be, could it? He didn't want to be banished to the board. He wanted to reach oblivion, peacefully. Line arrived, screaming down on top of him, joining the meshwork of tired and solid blocks. No one else spoke, obviously with nothing to say. Breathing hard, Line searched around, looking in the four directions, and crying in relief when he saw his friend. Ah, there's a T-spin opportunity down there, Square noted, hoping that this was what the player had been planning. Don't guess the player's actions, a stranger from across the mass told them. It's bad luck. <laughs> it's logical, Square replied. Standing behind me and Line was T-block. She'd be a good fit down there. Oi! Don't pretend to know how the player will play the game. Merely hope that you will be saved in one piece. Square growled quietly, but he noted T-Block had landed just above line, and she was reorienting herself. Sure enough, as soon as she caught her breath, complaints started pouring out of her as soon as she thought of them. Some of them didn't even make sense, but she was in an awkward position, and the player had some questionable moves in his, capital H, arsenal. She was on her side, with her flat edge not against the wall, despite the fact that she could have easily been moved into that position so maybe you can help me i'm trying to understand this is like the third time i've read this what is the exact yeah. orientation so square is um put between looks like sounds like two straight pieces yeah which and is a stupid line, idea what's that yeah and then the line goes on top of him yeah this person doesn't know how to play tetris and then t goes on top of that yeah so it sounds like um where the T could have fit snug on top of square and next to line, the uh, big brain player decided not to do that move. Mm. I don't know. I, I I wish this person gave drawings like our, our um, first ever Spock Kirk fanfic that had the all mm. the illustrations. That would have been nice. I mean, it, a, a T spin opportunity means that like you get the T into a like. A location and then you can like rotate it where normally you would not have been able to fit it before so um yeah sure yeah you can you can intuit from that t-spin but yeah um, yeah it just sounds like maybe they were afk and they started stacking blocks um, mm -hmm. so she's on her side this is um t-block and who the heck pairs me a beautiful violet lady of wonders with some nasty orange s t-block spewed loudly surprised that the block below her said nothing she had been, he had been there longer, but it seemed he no longer had the will to fight with her. This place was getting stranger by the moment, as T-Block continued to assault everybody with verbal arrows, including herself and the player. Please stop talking, T, Square said irritably, trying to sense where the next block was going to fall. If it would just land down here, two rows would be gone. T continued her ranting from up above, and there was a distinct thud as another block hit the edges. A few rows were moved, and Square felt himself lowering. Line freaked out, which had T berating him. Square could only try to concentrate, hoping that one would break the otherwise peaceful scene. There was another thud, and they fell lower still. Suddenly, they heard a scream. 
It was quickly cut off with the noise of others, and Square felt himself quickly beginning to panic. There was another noise, and there were more screams. This time it took a little longer for it to quiet, and Square felt his thoughts race. Line was blubbering something before there was yet another block falling. This one thumped into the tower ever quicker, meaning that either the board was speeding up, or they were much closer to the top than they had been anticipated. Neither was a good sign, and there was a chance he would never be able to get off the board. These people around him, silent, almost waiting in anticipation. Some felt haggard as if they had been there since the beginning, while others were still anxious, not much older than Square and his friends. "'It's speeding up,' T noted, looking across to see that something had entered her field of vision. "'Square, what's happening?' Square sighed, hoping that he didn't have to try and reason out the world in the short time that they would be together. "'Well, it might not be a short time if the player kept leaving open spaces.' Even filling them up later meant they would probably end up split in half or quartered. They say the board naturally wants to fill itself, so it speeds the player. If he is truly skilled, he will not mind, but lesser players fail as the board tests them, Square said, hoping that it was enough. He searched around the board with his mind. If this were the player, the promised player, he would surely put something there and there. T-Block was not so satisfied. But why would the board want to fill itself, she questioned. Square sighed and tried to explain. The board is the place where most of us stay. Those players who are unsuitable will not be able to take so many of us under their wings if they cannot pass the board's test. It's like it protects us from being taken to a place not suited for us, he paused. Well, that's what Grandpa Square always said. He heard it from <laughs> his grandfather and his grandfather up until the very first pieces took the fall. Square tried not to let himself get dreamy at this point. Could you imagine being the first one to fall, not knowing where you were going, but... Knowing that someone was taking care of you? Sounds so exciting. I love the imagery of Grandpa Square. Was that your own commentary, or was that the, the story? No, I said I love the imagery of Grandpa Square. I do too, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, T-Block growled, not sharing Square's enthusiasm. I just want to know when this one is going to take us over. I don't want to be waiting here. You'll have to wait like the rest of us, Line said in a wavering tone. Square is smart. I'm sure he'll figure out whether we're all going to get passed over. Of course we will, Square told him quickly. I mean, it was a long time before we got the fall, right? That means the player took a lot of us already. A few more won't be a problem. As if to prove his point, another line cleared above them, just above T-Block. She gasped, but then recovered quickly, pretending that nothing had startled her. They retreated to a few more plunks of blocks, and T-Block shut up during that time, leaving Square to think deeply about where the next moves might be. Line was still shaking terribly, but now he had been boxed in with the last few moves. That meant he would end up waiting down below his friends. There were some empty edges on either side of him, so he was sure he would end up being stuck for a while. Luckily, that gave him more time to think about how the player was doing things, to try and guess the strategy behind everything. If he could just sit back and think about it long enough. Square, Line said hesitantly, as another line had been cleared. Oddly, there was no noise on this one, and that almost made it worse, as everyone seemed to be holding their breath. Yeah, Square asked, a little annoyed at the interruption. <laughs> if he could see the blocks they fell from the other place, then he felt like he could try and maybe put himself in the player's position, help the player be more efficient. But to the Tetrinos, there were only four directions. There always had been and there always would be. But that was beside the point, and Line had started to shake worse at the annoyance in his voice. Square softened his tone and tried again. <sighs> what is it, Line? I'm scared, 
Line said in a near whisper. <laughs> it was like he was admitting his darkest secret, and Square tried not to sound rude when he replied. After all, it is probably normal to be apprehensive about joining the Beyond. No one knew what happened, after all. They just knew the stories and expected that it would happen. Square had thought the same things, but he had never been scared. He had just been curious about what could happen. Before he could say something to reassure his friend, there was another line cleared. The player was getting back into stride, and there were more screams, quickly suppressed by the ones around them. Lion whimpered at the sounds, and then Square had to try and deal with them as well. All right, to take a couple of deep breaths, Square told the shaking noble. <laughs> I'm right here. Everything will be fine. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we were raised to do. Right, right, you're right. I know that. Lion took a shuddery breath. No, I'm overreacting. People scream in surprise all the time. T-Block was there. She didn't see anything bad. Right, right, T-Block? Nah, of course not. She replied immediately. Besides, nothing scares me. I'm way too old to still be scared about what happens after a line clear. Don't even think about that or you'll scare him, Square scolded harshly. Line just calmed down. We don't know why anyone screamed. It might have just been Tetrinos being separated. They're going to the same place, okay? He saw that Line was still shivering. Line, listen to me. Everything is fine. Yeah, yeah. Line calmed down until a few moments later when they heard a blood-curdling shriek come from oh T-Block, right after another line clear above them. The noise almost blocked out her voice, but T-Block had always been a loud one, and it wasn't as if she couldn't barrel her way through the undertones. Oh, fuck, she moaned. It hurts. It hurts so much. <laughs> whatever, had, whatever had happened, with the next line clear, her noise silenced itself. Line tried to see above, but he could not, as he was penned in, Square was even worse in terms of vantage points, and he tried to find out where she had been. But she was gone now, and he hadn't been quick enough to check on her through the links between the lines. T-Block? Square called, the first tremors beginning to start in his core. T-Block? He couldn't find her, but that didn't mean anything. Sometimes, he was told, when Tetrinos were only taken halfway there, strange things came from their mouths. Sometimes they got quiet. There were more clears as he waited. But now that the lines were all changed, he had no idea where she could have gone. There was no answer, only the thuds of blocks falling. Line gasped for breath as he started to call out her name, screaming for her. He was shushed by the people next to him, but Square could only try and calm him as the fear started nipping at his words. Had this been happening? Was she gone? What had happened to her? Why had she screamed? She wasn't connected to anyone that he knew of, but it was possible that she hadn't been talking to anyone except them. She said she was hurt. What had hurt? What was going on? Square tried to gather his thoughts, but Line was nearly crying as another ominous block fell. Line, he said sharply, not meaning to make the boy suddenly start crying. Line shuddered in his place, holding back his breath and forcing himself to be quiet as Square tried to comfort him. I'm sorry, Line said shakily. I'm just really scared, Square. We're going to be at the same place, right? And, and if I end up going first, you'll follow me, right? Of course, Square lied easily. When you go, I'll be right there. And then you can greet me when I come over, too. This player is a good one, so we'll all meet up. There were more thuds, all in a row. A couple of lines cleared, and Line cried out, sobbing in sudden agony. Square, he sniffled. Oh, God, Square, it hurts. No one said it would hurt this much. <laughs> Shush, Square said softly, his mind racing. So his top block must have been taken to the other side. You'll be okay. Just keep breathing. It'll be fine. For a moment, Square wished that he could see the damage, but then Line cried out again as the next line cleared. Now he was sobbing quietly, trying to do as Square told him and hide the noise, but Square saw that it was hopeless. 
You're okay, Square said softly. Just breathe. I know it hurts. You're okay. He kept repeating it, wishing desperately that he could save his friend the pain of being disassembled, piece by piece. He could only hope that Line would gain some relief soon. Just two more lines. Then he would be at peace. And peace is spelt like peace, like P-I-E-C-E. <laughs> <laughs> so good um, unfortunately the next few lines proved to be not near line and so he was stuck agonizing sniffling and whimpering Square kept murmuring reassuring things to him but it might be a while before there was relief in sight it sounded like the blocks above them were causing a bit of ruckus as well but he knew none of them so he focused on line you know Square I always thought you were so much braver than me line stammered out still trying to stop his cries Hush, Line. You're being very brave. Much braver than I am right now. That's just because you're here. You're my best friend, Square. I don't know what I'd do without you. And even though it hurts, I know you're right there. And you'll be there when I'm gone. And that's just so great, Square. A line cleared, taking the third block from Line's body. Now oh my his God. whole frame was pressed up against Square's edge, making him stifle a catch in his throat as Line held back his cry. But you'll be waiting for me, Line, and so I can afford to be brave, Square said slowly, trying to keep his voice level. You've been my best friend forever, and even if something <laughs> happens, you will always be the most special person to me, okay? Line was going to say something, but suddenly he was gone. The line cleared, and Square bit back his anguish. So he wasn't going to hear the answer. Well, he could wait until he was cleared. Then he would tell Line exactly what he meant, and he would get an answer and even if he just had to wait out another board to do it. The expected line cleared, and his top half and a searing pain made him hiss. It was worse than he had imagined, like someone had taken a hot knife and sliced him right in half. Nothing had ever caused him this much pain, not even when he had loosened one of, those, one of his blocks during a nasty fall growing up, but he refused to cry out, waiting for the next line to clear him. Something thudded next to him, filling in that blank space. The blocks really were falling faster, and he squeezed his thoughts into a pinpoint, refusing to acknowledge how painful he was. his situation was. If Line had handled it, he could also be brave. He would wait and listen to the thudding around him until he was gone too. The stack to his right increased, gaining in height until he was sure that the player was planning something, anything. Unfortunately, his mind was too tattered to focus on just what was happening, until he heard something click into place far above his head a clicking noise that didn't clear a line he had to trust the player knew what he was doing there were more noises to his left and the two lines above him cleared leaving him stretching he could barely see that he had foolishly put a reverse L over four empty spaces tired of waiting for a straight piece now mm -hmm. it was capped and it was unlikely he would be covered Square groaned, hearing more thuds and line clears from above him, but never getting any closer. Was this his punishment for meddling with the player's intentions? Would he be trapped down here? Half Tetrina? Was the board <laughs> remain unsatisfied? No. No, it wasn't supposed to be like this. Line was waiting for him. Line was... The realization hit him hard. He couldn't feel his other half anywhere. He stretched the search for it, but found only himself echoing back on his own mind like some twisted mirror. His other half was completely erased from everything, like it had never existed in the first place. Like T-Block. Like Line. <laughs> Oddly, he started to chuckle as the lines cleared above him and the new ones screamed and cried. The blocks next to him tried to shush him, but he couldn't stop bursting into full maniacal laughter. 
knowing that he was practically sobbing. And he had wanted to tell Line exactly how he felt. Well, now he would never have to go to that confession. After all, he couldn't talk to empty space now, could he? He eventually calmed himself down, although the occasional giggle escaped him. I really liked you, he sighed, hearing the air around him change. It was getting more urgent. I guess that's like the speeding up of the music. Yeah, doom, He knew that the player had failed the test. Soon enough, one of the dead ones would poke up over the top, and then this player would leave. Another line was this, was with him, or was, wait, I'm sorry. Whether line was with him or not was an entirely different question, and Square tried not to think about it. When the area around him darkened, Square took a deep breath. He had survived the fall. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he could guess, and he refused to be scared. He just felt darkness gradually setting in, feeling as things started to change. Was this what happened to Line? He hoped so. This didn't hurt as much. It just felt like he was falling asleep. When the board cleared, Square was gone. In his place, there was empty space. Far above, although not that far, looking at it realistically, several Tetrinos waited impatiently for their fall. Why do you get to go first? Blue questioned rudely, knocking against Red and pouting. He was an L-piece, after all. He was special. Far more special than some Square. Grandpa Square says that's just how it goes, Red replied, obviously enjoying the idea of being best. So shush, and I'll let you stay next to me. Here it comes, Timid Green told them from behind. Here comes the fall. We're all going to get to go be with the player, Red said assuredly. It's going to be great. Man, I wonder what it's like down there. I bet it's fantastic. Well, why don't you find out, Blue said sarcastically. Red stuck out his tongue before the fall. Shortly after, Blue followed, feeling something pass through him as he went. A terrible feeling enveloped him for a moment before he discarded it. What was there to be afraid of from the player? He watched over them and sent them to the other side. The end. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was so weird. Like it was I thought it was good, but it was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty messed up. I mean it brought a lot of questions, so it's like to me it kind of felt like they were all like Mr. Meeseeks. Mm-hmm. Oh or, yeah. They, they, they all just have like, a purpose. Yeah, and their purpose is just to die, which I thought was kind of funny. Have you ever? Did you ever see um, Sausage Party? No, no. Oh, I, I like... watch good movies. <laughs> In Sausage Party, it's like all the grocery items, and like their dream is to get taken home and get eaten. Yeah, and like there's a point in the movie where like they go home and they're like singing this big fun song about like we're gonna go to the good place, and then like one of the like hot dogs gets dropped in like boiling water and he's like oh my god it hurts and like they chill <laughs> up and he's like screaming in agony he's like this yeah. is awful and they find out that it's like actually like they just die and they go nowhere that's what mm-hmm. i thought of when i read this yeah no that that definitely definitely makes sense it, it's like i mean how much do we want to read into this i mean we are a i don't know break podcast. bust out your big your big um anthropology brain and tell me what you think uh i think it i think it's a reflection on uh i would say a little bit of nihilism Big time. Uh, if you really want to get into it, like it's interesting that they uh, they wrote this piece, and it's interesting that it's it's kind of like making comments on. Uh, I would say, oh god, I, I just feel so pretentious saying this, but this is what we do, and I feel pretentious all the time. Anyways, um, I think it sort of comments on religion too, where it's like, well, Grandpa said that we all have a, a purpose, and um, you know, you kind of like get prepared for it and you're like told by the older people like yeah this is a good thing and then you go and you do it and you're like screaming and in pain uh i like the idea like so where does grandpa tell them that is there like a uh 
uh, before the drop where they all like live or something. Yeah, there must be. I think there's a mention earlier, like how Square had sustained a fall in his earlier youth before the yeah. fall. Like maybe there's a big place where they all hang out. Um, I like to think it's like um, it's like a YA novel, like all the the young <laughs> yeah. are like, yeah, ah, yeah. today is today is my day of the fall. I will make my community proud. Yeah, and so like, what was the logic there with the um, if you didn't if you didn't if the if the player lost, what was the logic there? So like, when the player loses in Tetris, the screen just kind of like blacks out and it says like game over. Yeah, so like that's like you get locked in the board forever. Like you don't get cleared. oh, so, so you they're like, like they're all get cleared, and like that's what Square talks about in the beginning is like, well, whether I get locked in the board forever. Or I get cleared as long as I'm not waiting. Like the fall, that the fall will happen. The like anticipation is worse. Is better. You know, it's better to be resigned. Yeah. I just like also. I get this imagery of like, like, like how like soldiers in like a helicopter going into Vietnam yeah. for the first time. Like no, yeah. um, none of the blocks are like talking to each other. And he like lands like, God, oh, isn't this great? And they're all just like, shut up, like don't don't look up. <laughs> And yeah, then, that um that reminds me of a, a poem about World War II. Uh the first time I ever saw it was on a uh <laughs> a uh, Medal of Honor uh GameCube game, but it uh it's uh, and when I get to heaven to St. Peter I will uh tell there's one more soldier reporting sir I've ter- uh, served my time in hell. Mm. That's what it kind of reminds me of, of like these these blocks like sitting there like yeah I'm about to go in and you have like the just like the the hellish aspect of it, but then you also have like the young spry blocks because there was like an age difference between the two, right? Yeah, there must be. Yeah, it gets selected. Yeah. I mean, the the RNG, the random number generators, is who selects you. And also like the imagery of like the player. The player will guide us, and he's like, ah, oh, I wonder if I could be there. Like I could help the player. Like I could help guide us, so we're all clear. Yeah. And then he realizes the and player it, is just like an idiot and like stacking blocks and like blocking them in and yeah. It and there, it it's like don't try to. Uh, say what God should be doing, you have to trust God. Mm-hmm. And then immediately that snapback of like, this is punishment for me saying like, oh, the yeah. player is this, the player is that, or like the board, is the board the religion, the board is testing the player. It's a lot I going on I can't believe I question God's will. <laughs> and this is my punishment. I'm a severed block for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Now I'm like sitting there and my legs are gone until I'm dead. <laughs> I just love like the line character just getting like chipped away, like piece by piece. Yeah, and then he realizes uh, I, like line is gone. I'll never, I'll never get to finish that thought. And line just like, <laughs> see you on the other side, and then squares. I'll like, see you, buddy. On the other side. Yeah, it's funny that they got like really gritty at the end too, where they're like, "I'm never gonna be okay." <laughs> I love like uh, he like, starts laughing like crazily. <laughs> and just, yeah, like, and everyone's like, "Dude, what is wrong with you?" He sees like the truth and just like can't handle it. And he's in hysteria. He became the Joker block. Yes, exactly. He's like, we live in a society. You don't get it. <laughs> uh, that was gnarly. Wow. What do you think? What are your What are your thoughts? Um, it's one of the few uh, Tetris fan fictions that's a over two hundred words and b finished. So I love it. Obviously, yeah, right there. Uh, so what value? Obviously, what value is there in any fan fiction? So it's a stupid question for me to ask this. But what value do you see in writing um, Tetris fan fiction? Where do where What's the applicable use of writing Tetris fan fiction since there are no characters in Tetris and it is a puzzle game about Tetrinos? <laughs> um, well, inventing the race of Tetrinos right there. I and mean, that's yeah. how we refer to the blocks is huge. Um, 
but I think this is, I mean, honestly, it's like funny and enjoyable, but yeah, the ability to take Tetris and then turn it into this like dystopian world, like, I mean, replace this with like kids with bows and arrows and you have the hunger games, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 There's definitely like a mid two thousands YA vibe. Right. This was written in 2010. So this is like even before like tail end of, you know, twilight rise of hunger games. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like, you know, this is pretty cutting edge YA stuff. And, um, I agree. I don't know. I mean, I like, I, uh, I like the grittiness of it. I like the, the nihilism of it. I, w- I like my nihilism yeah. with a little more Szechuan sauce, but that's okay. I'll take this. Yeah. You like it to be a little sweeter, a little more McDonald's themed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was, um, weird, but I thought it was good. And I think there's a lot of be weird. <laughs> um, it's a strange concept, but it's an interesting way that the person went with it, and I, I have to commend them for that because I can certainly tell you if someone said, hey, write a Tetris fan fiction, I don't think I would have written this piece. <laughs> um, and that if that came across as an insult, it didn't mean to be. Like I think it was uh, very unique and very creative to like turn it into like almost a body horror piece. You know what I mean? Like this odd horror piece that wasn't horror, but like I don't know. It's, there's uh, There's a lot going on there. Yeah, it gives you, like, the sense of dread. Yeah, absolutely. And this sense of, like, oh, man, what are we doing here? Why have we been in <laughs> Vietnam for so long? <laughs> Just, like, a, a feeling that sometimes yeah. you don't have, like, a purpose. And it, it's, like, the society you're locked into is valuing things that don't matter. And, and there's lies. And I don't know. It seemed, uh, it seemed cool. If you put, a, like, a gritty filter over this, I'd watch it. I'd watch a short film. For sure. And it's interesting to think about a uh, society, because we do be living in a society, um, that the whole purpose of the uh, people in the society and the moving pieces in the society um, is to, like, just die. <laughs> like, be or, or more appropriately, their their greatest accomplishment is just to fit in. And by fitting in... Oh, I hate they you. Suffer, they suffer, you like, suck. the death of self as they Boo. fit in <laughs> Boo! <laughs> level analysis of boo. Their whole purpose is to fit in. Boo! <laughs> I'm only booing because that was really clever, and I wish I had thought of it. <laughs> boo! We'll that. Splice, splice that. Put it in the first five minutes. That'll be our hook to get people to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's our little, uh, our little. Uh, ooh, get excited about Teaser. this episode. Yeah, a little. Te- that's exactly what I meant to say, and I couldn't think of it. The it, whole point of society is to fit in, even if it kills you. And it often does. So here, here we can make it even go further with this, um, this obnoxious analysis we're giving it with the fitting in. Um, the the T piece was very like clearly written as a female, right? Mm-hmm. What does it say for her to do everything she can to try to fit in, and still she got a, ah, damn it. You know, I'm trying to come up with some cool with it, but I, you know, like how. Uh, the the common thing, especially in pop culture, is and I mean obviously it's it's a it's a very clear thing to see, but like girls have to put on makeup to fit in and have to do this and have to wear the right clothes more so than boys. Um, and here's T doing just that, but she gets ripped apart for it. Did everything she could. I honestly see. Think I'm the not T character was brought in to like kind of introduce this hierarchy and this kind of like a discrimination because yeah. she calls it a filthy yeah. orange S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm not as, like I'm not as clever with the fitting in. I can't make I can make a clever observation like that. No, no, no. Your insight is very valuable, and it's and it's oh, adding no, it's a not. lot. 
That's that sounded so sarcastic. It's not even funny how sarcastic that's. Well, you 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 haven't spent the last like two and a half weeks watching Tetris on YouTube, so I've had some time to think about it. Also, you've probably heard the announcers make that pun like a hundred (laughs) times. Yeah, sure. Mostly, I will be real with you. Tetris for Jonas. Yeah, I will be real with you. The first time I uh, watched competition Tetris, I was um, in the living room with my dad. My dad is not very into video games or anything like that. He's one of those people that's like, um. Oh, I did, you know, I, I didn't do band when I was in high school. I was cool, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for some reason, both my parents love Tetris because they had the, like the original, um, game systems and stuff just as like novelties. And, um, we were like sitting there and on ESPN, he was like, what is this? Why are they showing Tetris? And I was like, I don't know. And he turned it on and, we're, and it was sort of, have you ever seen, um, Tommy boy? Yeah. So you know when they're in the car and they're like the the um Carpenter song comes on and they're like, Oh, I I don't care about the song, you can change it. And he's like, No, no, I know, I mean you, you can change it, I don't care about the song either. And then like they cut to them and they're like sitting there crying and singing along to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was us with competition Tetris. Yeah, that was That's us great. with competition Tetris. I was like I was like, I don't care. This is Yeah, yeah. I was just like, Oh, this is stupid, you can change it. He's like, Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'll change it. I just just want to see this guy clear this Tetris real quick. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean just at least wait until he's done clearing the board and then you can change it. It's dumb. Like I don't even know why it's on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's see it, if this let's see if this loser can even get to like line one thirty in transition. Like let's just, yeah. <laughs> just start pulling out all these technical terms. Yeah, and then of course, um, me let's, being let's utter garbage at Tetris, we were sitting there and we're like, dude, how could you not get that? That was so simple. Yeah, <laughs> let's see if this let's see if this guy can pull off this hyper tap talk. I mean, like if the yeah, if he, I mean, he even can. Like, yeah, I mean, why? he's not if he's at this level, he better be able to do it. I mean, a baby can do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if this guy doesn't get the kill screen, like, I mean, we just kind of wasted the last four hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, what was he doing at this competition? Jesus, man, what a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your parents are really proud of you. Jesus. <laughs> That's funny. No, this is good. This is this is a very interesting uh, fic and an interesting thing to talk about, I think. Um, this is, is this our first video game fic since the Skyrim one, I think? Oh, since? Yeah, well, yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, well, look at that. We're getting back into video games. Back to where we started. Yeah, with Pokemon. Here we are. Well, thank you. I liked it. Any any compliments or criticisms or concerns, or do you just want to kind of go on? I think I think we said enough uh, about it. I think we got a good, yeah, I good mean, little bit. I about mean, it, it was a little it was a little unclear as to where the blocks mm-hmm. exactly were, but I think that adds to the confusion of as if you were a Tetris piece, you kind of would, wouldn't really know. You just have this like feeling of like things are clearing. I'm falling. Like I don't really know what's going on but yeah it would have been a little more would have hyped up the anticipation mm-hmm. if i knew exactly like oh the lines are coming yeah which is the dumbest literary criticism i mean you're um in a game about tetris a, a story about tetris i really would have expected more spatial reasoning but uh you know b plus i guess yeah so it's interesting because they were talking about um the board like they could see below them and that made me think that they're three-dimensional not two-dimensional and i if i were writing a tetris fic they would be two-dimensional well, that's what, there's that line where it's like, Tetrinos, there are only the four directions. And the four directions is all capitalized, which is like left, right, up, down. But he can like feel through the other blocks, like through between the lines. There's like a sentience. Mm. There's, like a, there's like a, you know, life tree or something that he can kind of tap into. Okay. Uh, all right. I guess. Um, I'm on the Tetris website right now. While you were reading it, I decided to start playing a little Tetris on, on my computer. <laughs> and um, You murderer. Absolutely. And uh, they 
yeah, I killed a bunch of Tetris blocks. They have a, a store and they just have like the weirdest things on the Tetris store. Just real quick, I wanna I wanna just go through it's a link to an Amazon store, but it's it's all their stuff that's like the official Tetris merch. They have the Tetris sixteen ounce glass cups, a, a heat reactive ceramic mug, which I assume changes colors when there's heat in it, coasters, and there's a couple apps for it. Uh just a bunch of like weird stuff. Uh arcade mini wow, there's Tetris. Puma. Puma did a, a collab with Tetris on some shoes. Yeah. So it's just it's interesting that they have so much and that people it's it's just weird that people still like it so much and that it really has been a thing for so long. There's a there's a Tetris Instagram. Who follows Tetris on Instagram? That's what I want to know. Flesh Tetris? What is Flesh Tetris? I thought you, What do you What what is the F word you're saying? Flesh. F L E S H? F L E S H Flesh Tetris. I don't that sounds like something that would be on an incognito tab. I don't know if you should look at that. Yeah, it's like a tank top you could buy. Um sure. Uh there are eighteen thousand point four people who follow Tetris on Instagram. Tetris official, they have a verified account. Okay. And it's just uh, I don't know, I just I mean, if that's your thing, good for you. It's becoming my thing, so you better be okay with it. Oh okay. Just don't try to marry Tetris. I hear he's taken. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to look out for him. Oh, happy Valentine's Day from Tetris and the hearts in a Tetris shape. National Pizza Day, have a slice. Oh my god. Oh, people like that game. Is that so what's your favorite like retro game? I How's honestly that? like even before I got obsessed with you to like the mm-hmm. YouTube rabbit hole. When I went to like barcades, I would like to play Tetris. That's like the one of the only ones that I could like play for a while. Mm-hmm. What about like my mom's well, big into like Pac Man and like Burger, yeah, 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 Burger Time, and like what about you? Okay, so if we're talking about barcades, it's actually always going to be bubble hockey. I <laughs> yes. love okay. bubble hockey. I think I've talked not about this all, before. Actually, not all barcades have bubble hockey though. It's pretty rare. Well, all, the good ones do. Um, mm-hmm. Favorite. I'm the one to ask you the question, and I can't even think of one for myself, so I guess I'm pointing you for once. Um, Favorite retro game? Space Invaders, Galaga. Oh, Galaga. Galaga, you got me. That's definitely my favorite. I, I always like to go on Galaga. I'm not good at it. I'm I, It's weird. I'm, I'm not very good at video games. I, I just... I I don't know if it's because I don't care that much. I don't know if... It, I, I really don't know why I'm not good at video games, but I'm just not good at video games, really. My KD is so bad. It's absolute trash. <laughs> but... Nice. Uh, I wish things like that still mattered uh, because the stuff that matters now sucks. <laughs> Did you ever get in a conflict with someone at like your middle school, your high school? And be like, really, bro? What's your KD? What's your KD on COD right now, dude? And you'd be like, no. Well, that's good. I must have meant to a more, uh, I don't have a polite way to say that, so I'll stop. But I must have gone to a different school than you. <laughs> Slightly different experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably a little different, so. Oh, well, cool. That was fun. That was good. Thank you for thank you for bringing that fic to light and uh, giving it to us. Where can we find it? And if you feel comfortable, who wrote it? Uh, you can find that on fanfiction.net. It was written by Forensic Science. No numbers or letters, just for the word forensic and science. <laughs> the career field of forensic science wrote that. <laughs> um and it's called The Player and the Board. Very interesting. Well, thank you. I, I enjoyed that, actually. Uh, I didn't think I would ever say something like that. Um, but here I am. Here I be. <laughs>
Uh, sweet. Well, thank you. They've only written four stories in there. Like, here's a list of stories I've written. Crack Naruto. Regular Naruto. Black Butler. Uh, I also wrote Tetris. Don't know why, but I did. <laughs> I like how they don't even know why. Like, here we are trying to explain it, and they're like, yeah, dude, don't don't worry about that. I don't know either. Hmm. Interesting. Well, good. That was cool. What are you stoked on for the week, my guy? I am stoked on... Um, so recently, this week, no matter when you're listening on it, when we're recording this, was mm-hmm. the uh, passing of an Eddie Van Halen. Uh, oh, rip. Yeah, super sad. But, um, you know, as as kind of you do, you go back and explore the catalog. and Absolutely. Uh, that was just, uh, that was, along with Rush, you know, which we had Neil Peart pass this year, is like one of the bands yeah. I used to listen to a lot of music with my dad. Like, he was kind of like, he would give me all his like cassettes of it and CDs. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was just something we really bonded over and. We actually got to go to a concert for them as well. And, you know, it's going back wow. and revisiting uh, Van Halen, listening to yep. all those songs I used to listen to as a kid. Um, even thinking mm-hmm. back, you told the story on this podcast, that Sammy Hagar story that you have. Yeah, um, with, with my, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just been listening to a lot of the music. It's hardcore. It's like of a different time. And to think that, you know, here's a guy, like, who, like, invented the 80s. Like, he picked up a guitar in 1978 and then invented the 1980s from the beat it guitar solo to all of his mm-hmm. songs to the guitars in back to the future like literally like the thumbprint of this guy's tremendous so really sad yeah um but you know it was good good to go back and revisit all that stuff so i just want to let everybody listening know that sometimes when you are the person asking ryan what he's stoked on you are at a disadvantage because he might steal the thing that you are currently stoked on um <laughs> I had I had such a, a great uh, thing to talk about where I was going to talk about how yeah Ryan remember how you said you listened to Neil Peart with your dad well for me and my dad that was Van Halen and uh, mm. you took that from me and I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to forgive you for it but uh, <laughs> that's what I was going to say I was stoked on yeah it's very similar I mean I, I um, when my brother my older brother uh, uh, would listen to music with my mom it would be Michael Jackson and uh, me not wanting to be like them I would listen to Van Halen with my dad. And, um, like just not only that, I mean, there were a few things that came out about, you know, like scandals with them about so-and-so not being a great person or this thing happening. But like, they were also like a relatively, like, I don't say scandal free, but like didn't really hear anything bad about them. They just always seemed like good people who were just there to rock. And like, I mean, he basically did create the sound of the eighties. If you look at, uh, if you look at his guitar, which is, uh, arguably one of the most famous guitars in history, it's, it's dubbed the Frankenstrat because, he himself used to do things to his guitar um, physically to get different sounds, and he, people used to copy him. So he would actually put all of these um, false things on his guitar so people couldn't tell what he was doing to it so he could have his own unique sound. Apparently, in real life, he wasn't a very like smart dude, like book smart, but he was a musical genius. And uh, that was, that was going to be my stoke done. So I have to, I, I'm going to find another one because I don't want to rob our listeners of a, um, a good stoked on cause we already had that one, but I'm very upset. You stole that from me. <laughs> it's true. It's the truth. I already did. I no, got I mean, two stoked on this episode. So, Oh, you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a squad stoked on for Van Halen. And I think he deserves that because, yeah. um, when I tell you that he, he was legitimately one of the, uh, people who wrote the soundtrack to my childhood. I mean, he's right there. I, I, I can't tell you, um, how fond of memories I have of getting in my dad's truck him turning on a Van Halen cassette and us riding to baseball practice because he used to coach my baseball teams. So um, 
thank you, Van Halen, for being an absolute legend. Um, I know you're dead and you don't hear this, but uh, if there's a if there's a rock god out there, I hope you're listening. So what's what's your second stoked on? What's your other stoked on? Well, that, that well the Tetris. That's how I introduced the story that way. So okay, Tetris so and Van Halen. Tetris and Van is kind of weak. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's it's okay. It's 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 2008 again, and we can be super stoked on the 80s. You know, I just I feel like I always just want to talk about how. I'm stoked on books, and uh, I, I promise you, for everyone who's listening, who think, oh, you're just always talking about how you're stoked on books because you want to be pretentious and sound like you're better than everybody. And the answer to that is, yeah, exactly. So I recently read uh, two. One of them is very famous. The other one is very not known. It's a pretty unknown science fiction book. Uh, the first one is by Robert Heinlein, and it's uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. I When I picked it up in the bookstore and then you know kind of looked into it, because I had wanted to read something by him, but he has... Um, the Moon is a Harsh Mistress, Starship Troopers, and Stranger in a Strange Land. Those are his three big ones that are still in print. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, which one do I want to read? And I, I Googled it, and it said, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress is a seminal work in libertarian science fiction. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And uh, Ayn Rand, be it, damned, let's do this. Oh, she's an objectivist, a little different. But yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you know what? They weren't lying. It was really good. It, it was about hmm. a... Uh, about 70 years from now, so at the time it was 100 and something years into the future, uh, the moon becomes a penal colony and all of the prisoners from Earth get sent up there. But generations later, they were never prisoners and the moon's like, nah, we want to be independent. So it's about a uh, revolution on the moon to become an independent nation. And it's the really good. I don't really want to, yeah, yeah. I don't really want to spoil too much about it because there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on, but... Uh, it's told from the perspective of a man who's descendant of Russians and a bunch of other stuff, but he has like a Russian accent. So it's written like he's speaking. So it has all of those like grammatical inconsistencies with Russian. And um, he is best friends with a computer that becomes sentient on accident. Hmm. So the computer helps them. And it's it's just a really fun science fiction uh, one-off. You know, it's not this big intimidating Duneverse. And so that's really cool. And then there's another one. Um, there's a website I use called Abe Books, A-B-E books.com. If you want to get anything on there, it's going to be super cheap. It's a really good way if you like to read a lot and you like to own your books. It's a really good way to up your library without spending too much. And they had a list of the 20 best science fiction books of whatever, I guess all time. But it was just it was just someone's list of the ones that they thought were really good. And there's one that I read um, called Behold the Man by Michael Moorcock. And that's uh, not his most famous work, um, but it is a... It was a book that was written as a standalone, and then he wrote a second one that's like connected but not connected, so it doesn't really matter. But it is the story of a atheist slash agnostic that in the 70s gets access to a time machine and decides he wants to go back in time and see if Jesus was real. Or what it was, uh, more specifically, to feel like what it was like to be at the crucifixion. And it is a really weird book. Um, I would say it's it's some uh, impressionist abstract it's it's um if you if you really follow science fiction in the 70s things got kind of wonky and i don't want to say new age but um the science fiction concept started to be explored in different ways than they were before and it's it's told in this dual narrative of you know his life before going and then what it was like when he got back to 28 ad um in the middle east so or in israel so it is really interesting and it's a book that's going to make you feel really uncomfortable if you get your hands on it but it's a book that is going um this sounds stupid but it's a book that's going to make you feel and and you're going to um you're going to feel different things for this guy you're going to feel sympathy you're going to hate him you're going to think he's obnoxious but then you're also going to be like man this is like sort of not your fault 
um, with, with for you being who you are. And um, if you're very religious, don't even think about reading the book. But besides that, it was really good. So um, I'm on this I'm on this science fiction kick right now more than more so than usual. So I'm just trying to burn through a bunch of sci-fi books in my spare time. And those were the two most recent I read, and they're really good. So yeah, that sounds cool. That first one sounds really interesting about the moon and the penal colony. What is it called again? My beloved, what was it? The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein. The moon is um, a harsh Mistress. Yeah, it's. It was really fun. It's a lot longer than I thought it was, but I didn't get the mass market paperback version, which is the format I'm used to reading in. Those are the ones that are a little smaller and chunkier and blockier. Um, I got the paperback version, which is a little different. Um, so it's a little bit longer and a little bit wider. And so um, when they're thinner, you don't realize how much longer they are because I'm just used to reading the mass market um, format. Um, so it ended up being like almost 400 pages in that format. So it's, it's kind of lengthy. I think it's like 160,000 words or so. Wow, that's um, pretty long, yeah. You're really obsessed with the shape. I I incepted that into your mind while we were talking about Tetris. Yeah, yeah, no, I I'm thinking two dimensionally, but in shapes right now. And uh, no, the Moon is a Harsh Mistress is really good. I definitely recommend it. Uh, it was the first Heinlein I've read. And as soon as I was done, I bought Starship Troopers and Stranger in a Strange Land. Stranger in a Strange Land is a Martian, a man born on Mars, uh, raised on Mars, has to go to Earth, and it's it's him reflecting on what earth is like when he's from a different place. So it's mm. very interesting. There's a, there's a cool part in the moon is a harsh mistress. That isn't a spoiler where two of the characters have to go down to Terra, the surface of Terra. So the surface of the earth, they call them Terrans and they call themselves loonies. And they, they, they have to sleep in like lead jackets for months before they go. And they have to do all this like intense weight training because their bodies, they were born or one of them was born on, on the moon so his body is only capable of existing physiologically on the moon. It's not adjusted for mm -hmm. the earth. Mm -hmm. And so um, when he goes down there, he's like in a wheelchair the whole time because he just like can't stand because the um, moon's gravity is a sixth of that of the earth's. And uh, so that's that was that's like a cool concept that they knew they were going to go down there. So they had to like prep for it. So it does a lot of interesting stuff like that. And um, this is not a spoiler because it happens at like the end of the first chapter. But the the joke that they have in the beginning is like, how would we even fight Terrans? Would we throw rocks at them? Cause they don't have anything, you know, they don't have nuclear bombs or anything. So, and then that okay. plays a bigger role later on. So definitely recommend it. Uh, it's, it's out there. It's not Dune. Sorry. I know um, everybody knows I'm obsessed with it, but um, it is not Dune. I'm very upset. They pushed the Dune movie back to October. I think it's October 1st of 2021. Oh, man. Batman got pushed back another year. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I was, I, I read one of those, uh, glorified, uh, blogs that is just a rumor mill, but they said that, you know how, uh, ba uh, Battenson got COVID. Yeah. Allegedly he let himself go during the lockdown and, um, he was sent back to get tone again. And that's actually mm. why they delayed it. So, mm. uh, if that, if that's true, we'll see if this movie even gets finished because Pattinson apparently really doesn't want to lose weight. I mean, that sounds like that's, that's fair. We're all in the yeah, quarantine I, I, mindset. I'm with him. Yeah. So now, now uh, my my goal before this movie was to finish the main eight in the Dune series before I watched the movie, and I did, and to reread the first one. And now I'm like, I have an extra year. Can I read the entire series before the movie comes out? So we'll see if I do that. Well, here we are. We did our stoked on. We did everything. I think this is the end of the episode. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good place to, to put a put a put a pin in this one. Wrap it up. Absolutely, why not? So I want to thank Ryan for the cool fic. Uh, it's good for us to record. It feels good. Uh, we are both very busy right now, which really sucks. But uh, it's good that we can find time to do this and have fun and uh, catch up. It's, it, uh, if anyone does a, a long distance podcast, we're currently in a long distance relationship. Um, but if anyone does a long distance podcast, it's 
uh, and you do it with someone who you're good friends with, it's it's also uh, you can probably attest to it being a good experience to catch up with someone and um, you know yeah. just kind of you know have a, a structured time to be like, all right, we're friends and we're going to commit to speaking to each other. So because uh, <laughs> otherwise we'd be too busy. I would be doing schoolwork right now. I, it, it's eleven o'clock that um, now. Um, at night with us recording this and I would still be doing schoolwork because graduate school is a never ending avalanche of things to read. Um, right. And I should be like, uh, my bedtime is usually like eight thirty, So it's as exhilarating <laughs> yeah, yeah. to speak to you as it is to stay up past that time. Exactly. So, uh, thank you for the cool fic. I, I think we had a good episode. I had fun with this. Tetris was an interesting thing to do a fic on. So I'm glad we did it. Thank you to mm-hmm. who, whoever, whomever is listening. If you're still here after the weird Tetris talk but we appreciate you guys and we hope you Welcome all are to my doing tet well talk. tet talk not ted talk tet talk no tet talk that's good that's good um your tet talk is about tetris mine is about the tet offensive during the vietnam war uh but everyone who's listening thank you uh we we both sincerely hope that you're doing well and everything in your life is going as well as it can um at this very moment and uh nothing but goodwill to all human beings on earth i guess so thank you for listening and uh Follow us on whatever. And Ryan, what should we remember? Uh, I'm glad you could join us today. I'm glad you could share in our love of the 80s, of Van Halen, our love of fan fiction. And and I hope today you grew to love Tetris because Tetris loves you back. He really does. Z really does.